0: Good morning, Skillman Church of Christ. It's good to see you on a Sunday morning in September. How's everybody doing today? Shalom. Shalom to you all. I do want to begin uh, to a word for our children uh, aged two years old to second grade. The message today is that we love you guys dearly. We love you guys. We love you so much that we even have a special meeting with Micheline set aside for you right now where she she will teach you more about the Bible. You'll sing songs. You'll dance. You may watch a cool video about the Bible. And uh, as you all uh, walk out, just know that you are loved. Uh, Jesus loves you. God loves you. And we're so happy that you are here, a part of our church family. As they're walking out, I do want to uh, ask everybody if you could get your uh, calendar out or your Palm Pilot or Palm Pilot. What what generation am I living in? Oh my stars! Your iPhone calendar out and go to the date October thirteenth, October thirteenth of two thousand nineteen. That's a Sunday morning. It's not this Sunday, but it's the next Sunday, and I want you to write on there: Come to church. (laughs) Come to church. Because we have another special event that particular Sunday. Uh, as you guys know, there's been in the news recently uh, this this trial that's happening uh, with, with Amber Geiger and Botham John. Uh, and our congregation is, is a little bit connected just because um, Botham John, he uh, went to Harding. He's a member of the Dallas West Church of Christ. And, uh, since that time, we have been working as ministers uh, in all the churches in Dallas to come together and uh, work towards racial unity. And last summer, uh, this, a couple months ago, I was invited to speak on a Wednesday night at the uh, Marcellus Road Church of Christ. And, uh, and so this time we're inviting Lamont Ross, who's a senior minister. Uh, there's a picture of him right here. Uh, he's going to be coming and speaking here at this church on October 13th. So if you could, on that calendar, say come to church, put a notification, and that way when he comes, he is met with just smiling faces like I am right now, and that he's welcomely received. And uh, I let him know that, you know, our church is a little bit different, <laughs> you know, we're not as vocal, uh, It can, you know, we're a little bit quieter, a little more uh, still. It's harder for a speaker sometimes to get a little feedback from the audience, but he knows, and uh, so I've encouraged him, hey, don't worry, they still love you. But also, want to encourage you when he's here to show a little energy and emotion. Uh, let him know that we're excited that that uh, you know that he's here. So that's October thirteenth. If you guys could be here, that would be fantastic. Here, here. That's right. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> we can practice today if you guys want. <laughs> hey, this is already working. I like it. I like it. Hey, so we are in the middle of a sermon series. I'm having a great time. I think Jake's having a great time. It's called Ten Words. And you know, some sermon series are based on an entire book. And you go through a book and you you dedicate a sermon to a, a book of the Bible. Some sermons are dedicated to a chapter or a verse. But this sermon series is unique in the fact that we're not looking at an entire book, a chapter, or a verse. In fact, we are just centering, focusing upon one word. One word in going as deep as we can into what this word means and the implications this word has on our life here and now today as followers of Jesus. So as Debbie Crabb so eloquently said earlier today, the word that we're going to explore is the word shalom. Shalom. And this is a word that's it's a special word because not only is it in the Bible, in the Hebrew text, but it's also a word that is in existence today. People still use this word. In fact, in Israel, it is used as a greeting and as a goodbye, as a way to say goodbye. And so, I mean, let's practice right now. If you could look at your neighbor and say shalom to you. And here's a little Hebrew vocabulary. Say shalom haver. That means hello, my friend. But you've got to be careful because it also means goodbye. So, you know, <laughs> depending on how you take it. Uh, but today we will uh, be looking at this word, shalom. It's a Hebrew word, it's a greeting, it's also a goodbye. And in the English text, in the text that we have in the Bible, every time the word shalom is used in Scripture, in the, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew literature, in the Hebrew text, it's always translated as the word Peace. Peace. That is the word that is, used to trend, that is used as shalom in the English. And I think that this is common to many times when you change languages, that the word peace doesn't quite do justice to the meaning and the wholeness behind the word shalom. Peace, yes, as we see it, it's a, it's a part of it, but there's so much more to this idea of shalom. Because here and now in the English language, when we hear the word peace, What's the first thing that we think of? Well, it's the absence of conflict. It's, you know, peace in the Middle East. It's peace on Earth. And we think about the beauty pageants, right? Whenever the beauty pageant is getting there, she's staying there and they said, what is the answer to this question? And it, it seems as though the right answer is always peace on Earth. You know, I even found a video from that movie Miss Congeniality that talks about this very thing. Here's the video. <clears throat> Definitely world peace that's easy world peace. World peace. What is the one most important thing our society needs? That would be harsher punishment for a parole violator, Stan <coughs> And world peace uh. <laughs> Oh my, goodness! So you get the idea, right? Sometimes when we think of the word peace, it's this absence of conflict. Or when you're in your house and your kids are making a lot of noise, I just want some peace and quiet. Which is basically saying, I just want an absence, a nothing. I, I just want quietness, I want stillness. And this is the idea of the, the absence of conflict, the absence of noise, this idea of peace. But, you know, even in Christmas time. In Christmas time, it's it's a huge uh, phrase that we say, "peace on earth." And the text to today, the text today, is based on one of the verses that are often used during the Christmas season in the Book of Isaiah. So, if you have your Bibles today, that will be the text that we're in. We're not going to show this particular text on the PowerPoint because we want you guys to get in the Word, whether that's the pages of the text or also or the screen on your iPhone or your Palm Pilot, depending on what <laughs> you're still using. <laughs> So uh, if, you have, if you don't have a Bible, there's a Bible in front of your pew. And uh, this particular passage, Isaiah chapter 9, this is on page 1072. So 1072, Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. And this is a, a text that we often read during the Christmas season. It's a, it's an, I, Isaiah is a book in the prophets in the Old t- Testament. And this, in this particular text, Isaiah is prophesying about this new heaven and new earth what the world will be like as as God continues to work in it and he says in Isaiah chapter 9 this text that is often used to describe Jesus during the times of Christmas starting in verse 6 it says for to us a child is born to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor mighty god Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace Of the greatness of his government and peace There will be no end So it's amazing here It's a text that's prophesying who Jesus will be And it uses the exact words The Prince of Shalom The Prince of Peace A peace, a shalom that will have no end I mean this is the very core of what we talk about at Christmas When Jesus is the representation of peace on earth But we have to be very careful about how we view this word Because in the Hebraic understanding of shalom This idea of shalom Yes, it includes the absence of conflict It includes quietness, it includes stillness But the concept is so much more It goes deeper, it's so much more comprehensive You see, the idea of shalom in scripture Is defined as a wholeness As completeness ...as the way things should be. Shalom is being whole. Shalom is being complete. Shalom is being right where you need to be at the right time. Shalom incorporates fullness and wholeness. It's it's almost like a food diet. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you have ever tried a diet? You know, a diet. I have tried it a couple times. And you know, I tried to myself, All right, I'm not going to eat dessert or I'm not going to eat a brownie. I'm not going to eat that bluebell ice cream. It just tastes so good on my tongue when it gets in there. But if the if the diet was just taking out alone the bad food, you wouldn't be eating anything. The the idea of a diet, a holistic view of a healthy diet is to take out the bad but fill it with the good. Fill it with vegetables and avocados. And fill it with fruits and vegetables and queso cheese, just joking, don't, 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 don't just see if you're paying attention here, but the idea is to f- take out the bad, but to fill it with the good, and so that you're whole and complete and holistic, and that's the idea of shalom, it's completeness. And as you can see, we're going to go through a whole bunch of passages right now in the Old Testament where we look at the exact translation. You can see that what this word is encompassing, what it means, is this fullness, this wholeness, this rightness. It's the way, it's the, living within the rhythm of how God created the world. Let's, uh, I have it here so you don't have to turn to the scriptures. But the first example is in Joshua chapter 8, verse 31. And it's right behind me, and the word that's translated in sh- as shalom is in the red. But this word can re- refer to. A stone that is perfectly whole without any cracks. So this word shalom is referred to a stone, stone for building that is perfect for the building, that doesn't have any cracks and that fits perfectly. It says he built it according to what is written in the book of the law of Moses. An altar of uncut stones, which that word uncut is the word shalem, which is a sister word of shalom on which no iron tool has been used. It means something complex with lots of pieces that's in a state of completeness and wholeness. Another word is in Job chapter 5. In Job chapter 5, starting in verse 23, it says that his tents... His possessions are in a state of shalom because he counts his flock and he notices that no animals were missing. It says in verse 23 of Job chapter five, for you will have a covenant with the stones of the field and the wild animals will be at peace with you. And here's the text of shalom. You will know that your tent is secure. That word secure is shalom. Your tent is shalom. You will take stock of your property and find nothing missing. This idea of everything is where it needs to be. He took a census of all he had, and everything was right where it needed to be. There was nothing missing. It's like that experience of those of us who have lots of kids, and some of them are off in college, or some of them are out doing activities. But then, in the, the evening comes, and it's dark outside, and it's, it's time to eat, and you go to the table, and every one of your family is around that table. No one's gone, no one's missing, but everyone is there. That moment when you realize, "Wow, everyone is here. We're we are together. We are whole as a family." That is what Job five is talking about. That is shalom. Shalom can also refer to someone's will. You know, when da- well being. When David was asked by his dad Jesse to go to the fields to see check on his brothers, he used the word shalom. Go 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 shalom your brothers. Check on their well being. It says in 1 Samuel 17, verses 17 through 18, Now Jesse said to his son David, Take this, a path of roasted grain, and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers, and hurry to their camp. Take along these ten cheeses to the commander of their unit. And here's, here's the shalom. See how your brothers are. That right there, their well-being. Check on your brothers. In the Hebrew word, it uses the term shalom. It's the well-being. You're checking see the wholeness, the health, the well-being of of another person it's also used in the old testament as a verb i mean to bring shalom literally means literally means to make something complete to restore something in uh, in the book of first kings chapter nine when it talks about how solomon is going to build the temple It says here in verse 25 Three times a year Solomon sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings on the altar He had built for the Lord burning incense before the Lord along with them And so shalomed the temple obligations He fulfilled it, he completed it, he shalomed it It was brought into unity, into whole It's like a puzzle How many of you guys like puzzles? Have any of you done a puzzle, right? Right? And you get everything together, and then it gets to the last piece, and you can't find the last piece. Somewhere, somehow, that last piece is missing. And you look everywhere, you look up, you look down, you look, and finally, you look under the pillow, and there's that last piece. And you put that last piece in, and that feeling in your heart of putting that last piece in that puzzle, completing it. That's Shalom, baby. That is Shalom. (laughs) Shalom. That's wholeness. That's completeness. That's just like Solomon completing the temple. That's us taking that last piece of the puzzle and making it complete, making it whole. In Exodus, the book of Exodus, if someone steals your animal and that animal is found, you are called to shalom that person doubly. (laughs) Listen here in Exodus chapter 22 verse 4. If the stolen animal is found alive in their possession, whether ox or donkey or sheep, they must pay back double. That word pay back is shalom. You're making it right. You're restoring it. And in this text, you're supposed to do it doubly. You are shalom and you're making things right. And finally, in Proverbs 16, verse 7, you can see how shalom is this idea of reconciling relationships. When the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's way, he causes their enemies to shalom with them, to make peace with them. This idea of shalom and shalem, it's used in Scripture more than 350 times. Shalom This idea, it means peace, it means harmony, it means restoration, it means wholeness, it means completeness, it means prosperity, it means welfare, it means tranquility. As you can see, it's not just the absence of conflict, but it's the feeling of all that is good and right in the world. This is beautiful. Do I hear an amen? All right, man, we're practicing for the 13th. This is good. This is good. This idea, life is complex, right? life is complex. Life has moving parts. Life has relationships and situations. And when any of these are out of sync, when any of these are out of alignment, when you don't feel that flow, when something feels off, that is when shalom is not there. That's the lack of shalom. Shalom is that fullness, is that rhythm. But when you feel a little bit off, you feel like something's not quite right. When you feel that the rhythm isn't there, that Out of alignment, that is when you know that shalom is missing When life is no longer whole, but it needs to be restored And to fully understand what this means We have to go to the very beginning of the story Genesis chapter 1 Because out of chaos, in Genesis chapter 1 And the dark abyss, it says in Genesis chapter 1 That God created the heavens and the earth He took the chaos of what was And he brought shalom to it he brought order, he brought purpose There was a rhythm, there was a function And as it says in Genesis 1 and chapter 2 and Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 That when God created the world What did he say when it was all done? It was good And on the sixth day What did he say? What did God say? It was very good God looked at the creation And there was Shalom There was rhythm. Everything was the way that it was intended to be. Everything was working. I have a chart behind me that talks about the four different relationships that we have. In Genesis 1 and 2, you see that between these relationships, God and self. There it is. Here's the person right there. All those between God, self, others, and then the rest of creation All these ideas that in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, shalom is present and everything is functioning the way that it's supposed to function. There is rhythm. There is harmony. Adam and Eve are walking alone naked in the garden because they feel no shame. The world was how it was supposed to be. There was a relationship between the person and God. Adam and even and God were, were unified. they were talking in the garden, walking, communicating. There wasn't a barrier, and then it talks about the self I mean it says the, the person and the self, how we view ourselves that was A healthy way to view ourselves we were comfortable in our own skin and then the others right relationships the idea in Genesis 1 and 2 is that that the relationship there Adam and Eve were getting along and together and then the environment Genesis chapter 2 talks about how we are to take care of the environment and those around us you know it's funny how we view issues of environmentalism as being a progressive issue when we see it here in Genesis chapter 2 of our call as humanity to being in harmony with the creation in god's world so here we have this idea harmony is there between these four and then in genesis chapter 3 we learn about how sin and brokenness enter into our lives we have a a capacity to do wrong things we have a capacity to hurt people we have a capacity for pride we have a capacity for greed and those things sin in our life the capacity that we have to cause harm they alter, they affect these, the health of these relationships. And just imagine about these, these four. How many of us struggle with how we view ourselves? How many of us struggle with loving ourselves? Looking in the mirror and saying, man, I like what I see. Or looking at how we behave and being proud. Sometimes some of us think too highly of ourselves. Some of us think too lowly of ourselves. And what about our, the harmony of those other people that we have life with How many of us struggle To get along with people sometimes How many of us struggle along Sometimes the choices that other people make The choices that we make The sin in our life Sometimes that affects That relationship The, har- the harmony behind it all Also the relationship with the planet Consumerism how, how unhealthy can it be sometimes When we look at how we are treating The environment And those Also in our life. And finally, with God, when we feel distant or feel that we don't aren't there. So, this idea of shalom, this is a beautiful thing. And hear me out, church, because this is the beautiful concept of shalom. This idea of shalom in the Old Testament is the idea that God is restoring everything to wholeness again. That it was there in Genesis 1 and 2. And little by little, God is working, working, working to restore it all again. To where, in Isaiah chapter 9, it says that there will be a prince of peace. A prince of peace, and this isn't just a prince who will prevent wars from happening, but this is a prince of peace that will bring shalom to the entire world bring wholeness bring connectedness bring bring a, a, a peace that transcends just the absence of conflict but the the good of good things the new testament writers take this even further and give it a name of christ jesus christ is the one that is bringing all things together in colossians chapter 1 starting in verse 19 it says for god was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. This, man, do you guys feel it? This is a great bit of news. This is in our scriptures. This is a part of who we are as a body. Shalom, number one, it brings us hope. Shalom gives us hope. Because we do live in a state of brokenness sometimes. We do live in a a state where we're not exactly who we want to be. There is is brokenness, and sometimes there's fractured in our view of ourselves, or also in our relationship with other people. But this idea of Shalom teaches us that God is up to something, that the Prince of Shalom is working and working to bring all things to find that last puzzle piece and one day put it in. This idea gives us hope. Secondly, shalom gives us meaning. If you read in the New Testament, it talks about how we, as followers of Jesus, are supposed to be peace. What? Blessed are the peace. The peacemakers. We're not the peacekeepers, we're the peacemakers. It gives us a purpose that we in our lives, beginning with ourselves, then moving next on to our inner circle, then as it widens and widens, we are to be shalom makers, to bring wholeness and peace and a wholeness to the world in which we live in. This gives us a purpose and a meaning as followers of Jesus. And finally, shalom invites us. It invites us. This is beautiful. We are being invited into a state of harmony with God, with self, with others, and with the environment. You see, when God created the world, he created it in a certain way where it was supposed to function. And sometimes we deviate from that, but when we are walking in line with the teachings of Jesus, when we are living the life that God has called us to live, we begin to live in harmony with what that is. There is wholeness, there is completeness, there is that feeling of things are right, things are good. It's like, how many of you like to listen to the radio when you drive? Not anymore, right? Because we have the iPhone and, and we listen to the, you know, the internet. But a long time ago, to young young people. <coughs> We had radio stations and you would drive and you would put on the radio like a certain number like 98.5 or 102.1 And you would put that on and there would be a beautiful song that's being played But as the road took you to certain places you went up and you went down you went left and you went right And there were some places where there came to be static where you couldn't hear as much You couldn't hear the song or you couldn't hear the talk radio And you had to listen very very carefully because there was a little bit of static and, and sometimes you couldn't hear it at all but sometimes then you got back on that road to the high point and the, the song came back on and it was clear. This idea of shalom is living where the stations are clear. <laughs> this idea of being so in tune that you can hear the word of God without static. That everything is going so right. That, you, that things are, are in the flow of things to where you are able to listen to the song that God has writing it's like a song, and if I could ask the praise team to, to hum our song today. It's like a beautiful song in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. We see that God created the world, and he almost made it like a song. And this song is one that is the song of the universe. Do you hear how beautiful it is? When God created the world he created this the way it was intended to be it's a song and when we are living in harmony when we're living in shalom we are in step with this song when we choose to sin or when we choose to to uh, listen to the brokenness that we have and the capacity we have to brokenness then we become out of step we become out of tune with the song the way that God created the world to be the way that God created you to be But living in Shalom is listening to the way that God created the world, letting the music take you, and dancing in step with how God created you to be, how God created this world to be, and how all these relationships are harmonious. We are invited into this song, and that's the invitation today, to enter into the state of Shalom, to trust the Spirit of God, that that was left behind with Jesus, and to enter into this beautiful song that is harmonious and dance in rhythm with the way that God created the world. There'll be elders on the side here. I'll be up front if you need to know about baptism and how to become a disciple of Jesus. But why don't together we join in unison, sing together this beautiful melody about God's peace. Why don't you come while together we stand and sing?